you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Now, now we've been talking about being the light of the world, and I think a lot of you have experienced that God has placed you in areas where that light is being, shine, being, being exposed to other people or shining unto other people. It's a lot of times when you go to different places. Uh, have you ever noticed that sometimes people will come up to you and they might ask you questions? They might not know that you're a Christian, but they know that there's something different about you. Uh, they can sense there's something about how you handle things. They can sense that, you know, when I'm out with my bride and, and the way I treat her and some of the things that are how I treat her, they know that something is different about our marriage. We just don't have a normal marriage, and we don't have a good marriage. We have an absolute phenomenal marriage. And see, and we don't have to apologize for that because we've worked hard for it. Because anything worth having is worth working hard for it. Amen? And it's always easier to get in something than keeping it. That's why salvation is hard. It's easy getting it. It's hard to keep it because you know you just want to cuss folks out every day. And you can sit here and lie to me if you want to. Last night you wanted to cuss somebody out. Amen. (laughs) Why? Because you still have to contend with this flesh. Just because you got saved, you're always going to have to deal with this flesh. We talked about this at Bible study when Paul said, you know, when I want to do good evil is present with me. (laughs) He said, that which I should do, I don't do it, and that which I should not do, I do. He said, a wretched man that I am, who shall save me from this body of death? He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. So so there there are some things in your life that only Jesus can take away. But you got to be willing to give it to him. Amen? And so we, we want to be that light. I want to give you another scripture here. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, all scripture. Somebody say all. Somebody say all. All All in the Greek means all. (laughs) Yes, it means all. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. If you break that down, it means God breathed. It means that the scriptures, God breathed out the scriptures because he spoke something. So all scripture is is given by inspiration of God. And then it goes on to say that it, it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction and instruction in righteousness so that the man of God and woman of God will be be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture. So in other words, the word of God is what we need so that we can be equipped to do the work of God. So if you're not getting the word of God, then you won't be equipped for the assignment that God has given you. Now, now, there's another scripture I'm going to give you real quickly here. It says to study, to study, to study. 2 Timothy, right? It says to study to show yourself approved unto God, yourself approved. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That means that you cut straight. Rightly dividing means you cut straight. If you talk to a carpenter, he'll say measure twice but cut once. So the word of God helps you cut Straight. What are you cutting straight? Well, you can cut straight through culture. Because if you follow the culture, you're going to be real confused. Because there is a difference between truth and lie. There is a a huge fundamental difference between righteousness and unrighteousness, holiness and unholy. Light, darkness. Mm -hmm. Big, big difference, right? 
And so as the church, we have to make sure that we stand on the word of God and use the word of God as the filter for life and not our culture, not our background, not what church we matriculated from, but we have to use the word of God to be the, the backdrop of everything and every choice that we make. And if we do not do that, then we're going to be fundamentally flawed because we might be going down the wrong path. That's why Apostle Paul dealt with false teachers more than anything. And we have a lot of false teachers that I see on Christian television. So anyway, (laughs) in other words, when we start talking about God breathe, it said God's breath is an expression of his spirit going forth in creative power. Let me just say that a little slower because, you know, it's pretty good. God's breath is an expression of his spirit going forth in creative power. Now, let me, let me give you a little, a little uh, I, I thought about uh, Moshe, and most people say Moses, but in Hebrews, his name is Moshe. So you guys remember, a lot of you remember this story. When Moses, you know, after he murdered somebody, you do realize Moses was a murderer. Okay. So he murdered someone. He went to the, the desert. He stayed out there for how long? For about 40 years, right? For about 40 years. 40 years of keeping sheep. 40 years of keeping the animals on the backside of the desert. Backside, backside. The Hebrew Greek root word, I mean, the, the, the Hebrew root word for backside is procrastinate. <laughs> and so he was, <laughs> and so uh, somebody here on the backside? <laughs> I heard a couple of grunts. Oh, ooh, ooh. you on the backside? Well, it's all right if you're on the backside. You just can't stay on the backside. <laughs> right? You got to come on the front side. So praise God. So he was on the backside of the desert. And, and while he was on the backside of the desert, reminding his own business, we know the movies, we've seen the movies, there was this burning bush, right? <laughs> there was a burning bush. And so we know that there were some voices coming from this burning bush, right? And, and, and what happened there was Moses was being called to be a light, not only to Pharaoh, but to the Hebrew children. So God said, Moses, I have an assignment for you. So the first thing Moses did, he didn't say, whoo, man, I've been out here for 40 years. I thought you forgot about me. I've been out here with these stinking animals. That's not what Moses did. Moses began to do what? That brother started making excuses like we do, just like us. He started making excuses that, you know what, I don't even know why you would call somebody like me. Have you ever made that statement? Because God says, Moses, You can't be the light procrastinating. You can't be the light hiding behind this mountain, hanging out with things that you have no business hanging out with in the first place. He said, so in order for you to be the light for me, I got to send you somewhere. Moses said, well, God, I can't can't, can't, can't speak. (laughs) So he said, I can't do that, God. I can't, I can't, I, uh, I can't, I can't, can't do what you're telling me to do. Why? Why? I got a problem, God. I can't speak. I got a problem. I can't speak because if I speak, people are going to understand I got this problem. If, if I get too close to people, people are going to see my issue. If I get too close to people, they're going to see the one thing that I struggle with most that I've been hiding from everybody else. I can't, can't speak, God. Because if I try to go out and do what you call me to do, that I might be vulnerable and, I, and they might see who I really am. I can't carry speech. <laughs> see, see, Moses had a speaking impediment, 
But what that really is, I'm going to give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. What Moses was really struggling with was something that was internal that Moses knew about himself, that God knew about Moses, but that Moses didn't want anybody else to know. See, there are some things in every one of us that we might know about us and that God knows about us, but we don't want anybody else to know. And that's the one thing that's going to try to talk you out of, of being a light for God. So what's your speaking impediment? <laughs> you ain't going to tell me. God knows. Amen. So Moses was supposed to be a light. And Moses said, well, listen, 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 listen. Who shall I say sent me? Right? And so God says, well, you tell him that I am sent you. I am that I am. I am that I am. He said, if anybody asks you, just tell them I am sent you. So what does that mean? I am who I am. Let me take it a little step further. I will be who I will be. So when we are a light, we know that light is Jesus, and we know Jesus is God, who is the great I am. So God says, when I send you as a light, when you run into sickness, I am healing. I will be what I need to be. So when you run into depression, I will be encouragement. I am that I am. But you can't be an encouragement to people if you're still sitting on the backside. So if a person is in turmoil, God says, I can use you because I am shalom. So I will be the peace for them where they have nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. But then when we sit back and say, God, I can't can't, can't speak, then God says, then I can't be who I need to be in you. Are you seeing this with me here? So, 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 yes, yes, what God wants us to do is going to make you nervous. Wait a minute, Moses had to go before Pharaoh. Pharaoh was out to kill Moses. He had an assignment to kill him, a contract. That brother had a hit on him. (laughs) And so God is saying, I want you to go to Moses. I mean, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh. God, I I, I don't know if I can do that, God. That's just just too hard. Did I step on somebody's toes right then? That's just too hard, God. I can't do that. I can't, I can't go to Pharaoh. So what he, what he had to do, he had to go to Pharaoh and say, God said, let my people go. See, see, God wants to send you to people who have a Pharisaic spirit that they need to let people go. And maybe some people are not free today because you didn't go. Now, who, 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 who are you missing? Because you said no. Oh, maybe you didn't say no. Oh, I forgot, I forgot. You're over there procrastinating. You didn't really say no, you're just not going. See, there's a difference between no and go, right? (laughs) God says go, you said no, but I'm not really a no, God. I want to go, but I'm procrastinating. But no means no. No is not go. Somebody said no is not go. God said go into all the world. Amen. And so I wanted you to see that because God wants us to be a light. Now, don't allow the devil to wussify your praise and worship. Because you got to get yourself ready for where your assignment is. 
And see, a lot of times, this is even corporate America. It still works in corporate America anywhere you go. Before you ask for the promotion, why don't you just start doing the job that the promotion needs? Because if you're not already doing the job, how do you know you're going you're gonna to like doing the job? And how is anybody going to see you doing that job, and why would they promote you if you're not doing it? And if you go to work late and leave early and you call yourself a Christian, don't come asking me to pray. Because first of all, Christians should be the most dependable people that you can find. They should be people who are, uh, should be not on time before time. I'm a military man. You need to be here before time, not on time. We, we don't, church is not at 10. Church is 945. Amen? Amen? Plus, when you get to church early, you get to fellowship with people. You get to know people that you wouldn't have normally met. But if you come to church late and then you leave early and then you don't connect with people, that's your problem. The pastors and nobody, no other leaders in the church can help you connect. You have to do that. Amen? But if you're not serving anywhere and then you do those things, it's hard to connect. Listen, I know Apostle Paul said he was all things to all men. I'm not. I'm not trying to be, nor do I want to be. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not trying to be all things to all people. I'm just trying to be me. But there are some things that we have to do, so we all need to be the light. Now, we talked about three things, and let's get into these three things, and then I'm done. We started off talking about being devoted, dedicated, and determined. Amen? There are some things we need to be devoted to if we're going to allow our light to shine. The first thing is prayer. We talked about that already. I don't need to get back into that. Prayer is vitally important. Uh, even in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, themselves, the church, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal the land. The land can be healed if the church starts praying. So you must be devoted to prayer. If you want your light to shine, you must be devoted to prayer. And you must be devoted to praise and worship. That's where we got stuck a couple of Sundays ago because I was talking about the seven Hebrew words for praise and worship, right? I think we got stuck on yada. <laughs> yada was that surrendering, and that's when God just began to have us surrendering here at this altar. But, but we talked about the seven Hebrew words. Do, we, do I need to go over those again? Okay. Did we, never, we didn't get to the seventh one? I thought we finished it. Oh, that's when God took over. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Thank you for keeping me honest. Are we going to turn the air on? So thank you for keeping me honest. I, I mean, I don't have to say it. One more. <laughs> Next time I'm going to throw something. So praise God. But I love people. So, so listen. So we talked about Barak. Barak. Y'all remember Barak? I'm not going to get into it. It means to kneel or to bow. Barak. Somebody say Barak. Not Barack Obama, but Barak. Halal, halal, H-A-L-A-L, halal. Halal is to praise God clamorously. That means that, you, 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 you know, sometimes when people praise, it makes you embarrassed. Because you say, man, it don't take all that. How do you know? How do you know what it takes for a person to praise? How do you know what that person has gone through? How do you know that she just not just got a, a, a report from her doctor that said that she's cancer-free? How do you know when you're sitting back because you won't praise, that's your problem because you're too busy watching other people praise when you should be praising yourself. But you can't praise with your hands in your pocket and you looking around. Uh-huh. I ain't talking about anybody here, I'm sure. The third one was Shabak. Somebody say Shabak. Shabak. Shabak means that you, you're not ashamed to shout about God. For the Bible says, Shabbat God, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It's the word Shabbat. Somebody say, shout unto God. Oh, uh, yeah. We're supposed to be like, we're at the Panthers game, right? We get loud at the Panthers game, but we're like quiet as a mouse in church. Especially the men. 
The men, ain't nobody, boy, you go to a football game, boy, the men are just like crazy. You, you find them at home. What? You, 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 just, you just know what. You just like a coach. You sitting at home. You ain't making no money to, to, to teach football, but you know everything about football. I can't believe you made that call. <laughs> Armchair quarterback. You do all that screaming, then you come to church. Yeah. Yeah. Shabbat God, Shabbat God. That means you get loud. Sometimes you got to get loud with God. I tell you what, when, when my number started coming down and I knew I was cancer free, I wasn't going to come up in here and quiet. Come on now, saints of God. You've been through something like that before? When you know you had a bad report, just say something happened to you in your life, and then all of a sudden God gives you a turnaround. You better Shabbat God. Don't worry about what everybody is saying and everybody doing. Don't worry about eyes, people eyeballing you. Don't worry about the people eyeballing you. Make them, get them, get them jealous. Praise God. Tehillah. Tehillah is music. Tehillah is praising God with, with a new song in your heart. It's not just what the praise and worship team done, has done this morning, but also sometimes God can wake you up with a song. You know, you might have the harmony, and you put the words in there. You've never heard that song before in your life. God can give you a song waking up in the morning. Sing that song. That might be the way you get through your breakthrough. Amen? That's Tehillah, Tehillah. And then we also talked about Todah. Todah, that's like a confession of worship, but Yada is the one that got us couple of Sundays ago is extending your hands in total surrender. I don't care where you go. If you're fighting in a war, this is the, this is the universal sign of surrender. It doesn't matter what language you speak. Everybody knows, all right, I give. This is the universal sign of surrender. This is also the universal sign of surrender in the church. If you're not willing to lift both your hands in total surrender, then you're not surrendering. You're trying to hold on too tight. You need to let God run your life. Amen? So I guess the one I forgot was Zamar. Zamar. Z-A-M-A-R. It's also music. String instruments, like what my boy plays over there. Man, Caleb hits those strings. So Zamar is string. It says, sing out to the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. That's with music. So that's Zamar. So, so that through praise and worship. So if you want your light to shine, Man, your praise and your worship need to be on point. I explained to you that praise is how you empty out your vessel. Worship is how you fill it up with God. If you don't empty, he can't fill you. And some of us are full of... <laughs> Boy, that ghetto almost came out. And y'all know what you're full of. It's one of them big old animals that sit out in the pasture. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Praise God. So we must be devoted to prayer, devoted to praise and worship. But we also need to be devoted to the word. So this is what I've been trying to get to, devoted to the word. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, Moses said this. Moses said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, proceeds. That means that, that the word of God is still moving. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, out of the mouth of God shall man live. So his word is still moving. From the first day he spoke, let there be light, light is still evolving. As a matter of fact, the scientists say that, that the universe is growing. 
Why? Because God spoke it. It's creative power. So universes are being created. We would never go to the end of the universe because it's always growing. See, that's why God, God put that creative energy inside of you, saints of God. But you can't grow unless you are stretched. Unless God stretches your faith, you can't really grow. It's just like muscles in the natural. You can't grow muscles unless there's some resistance. Hello, somebody. And, and then your body is so intuitive and so smart, you have to change things up on this rascal. Because if you don't change it up, it gets used to what you're doing, and then you won't develop any muscles. Right? So as it is in the natural, so it is spiritually. God has to change things up on you. Okay, y'all want to get back to the word? Okay. Jeremiah said these words. He said, thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy words was like joy and rejoicing to my soul. Elihu, who was one of Job's friends, Elihu said, it is the breath of the Almighty that gives me life. Not a new job, not a new boyfriend, not a new girlfriend, not a new career. It's the breath of the Almighty that gives me life. But the question is, what gives you life? If God is not giving it to you, what is? What are you looking for? If God is not your source, then whatever that source is, is going to run out eventually. So we must be devoted to the word of God, studying, making sure that not only are we in the word, the word should be in us. John said it this way, I must decrease so he can increase. Right? What is he doing? He's emptying out that vessel so God can fill it up. See, one thing about when, when, when Jesus teaches on um, I know a lot of times we don't want to talk about demon possession and stuff like that, but it's in the Bible, so I'm going to talk about it. And so when that happens, the Bible says that, that when that spirit goes out of a man, see, it's not enough to be delivered. You must be full. Let me explain that. See, you can get delivered from a spirit, but if you don't fill that void up with God, he's coming back. As a matter of fact, Jesus teaches that it's eight of them coming. Because he's going out, the spirit, the demonic spirit, he's going out in dry places, and he's going to find seven more spirits more wicked than himself. Now, that's the teachings of Jesus Christ. And he's going to come back of the house he just got kicked out of. And if you don't have that house full of God, he's going to step right back in. And that's why your latter end is worse. That's why you can't come in here and play church and then go back out in the world. You better know in whom you believe. And you need to stick with church and be planted in church and don't allow church people to run you out of the church. There's going to be issues at every church because the church are full of people. Everybody got issues. I got issues. And I had to go to God with my stuff. I do, man. I got a lot of issues. I ain't lying. I had to go to God and say, man, we got to talk. I got some stuff on my mind. You know what I'm saying? How many of you guys like me? Right. So since we all got issues, nobody in the church is perfect. Can we just love each other and stop talking about each other and bad mouthing each other? Can we just do that as a church? If we can do that as a church, we will become more powerful. The reason we're not relevant is because we're too busy talking about each other. All right. I might be in the wrong church. OK. All right. I'm going to move on then. All right. Those are the things that we need to be uh, uh, dedicated to. But listen, we must, be, uh, uh, we must be devoted, but we also need to be dedicated. So here are some things we need to be dedicated to if we're going to allow our lights to continue to shine. Dedicated to serving. Y- your light is not going to shine unless you're serving, saints of God. Now, I'm not just talking about in the church. I'm talking about outside the church, too. There are a lot of things that we can do to serve. And it's not just going to the soup kitchens. 
You can serve by mentoring a young man or a young woman. That's serving. Or, or maybe you can serve by uh, doing some studies with someone, bringing another person up, passing the torch to the next generation, doing your re- uh, making sure that whatever your resources are, whatever you can tap into that's inside of you, you can be a blessing to people um, in, that are in the uh, homeless shelters. You can be a blessing to people who are in uh, the, uh, I don't like to say um, old folks' homes. What do they call them? Senior citizen home. I don't like to say old folks. They ain't old. They wise. And so, so you can go and be a blessing. You can read a story to somebody. You can just sit with those people. They may, they may not have anybody from their family visiting them for months, but you can just go sit with them, maybe read a story. Maybe you can just listen, and maybe they will impart something into you. So there, there are a multiplicity of ways that we can serve, but if you're not serving in the church, that's a loss. There's always places in the church to serve, and, but we all, we all have excuses not to serve. Everybody in this room are busy. I don't think nobody's busier than me. When I'm talking about I work full-time and I'm a full-time pastor and I'm a chaplain, yeah, my life is busy. I got a wife. I have children. My life is busy, but I'm going to serve God in the church. You can serve by sweeping the floors. (laughs) We need some floor sweepers. Now, as a matter of fact, now, we've, we've graduated. We have a vacuum. Yeah. Praise God. So serving inside and outside the church. I know we all are busy, you know, or, or maybe, maybe, okay, here's one. Well, nobody told me what I should be doing. Uh-oh. That's a good one, right, right, right. Nobody told me what I need to be doing. Well, aren't you supposed to have a relationship with God? Didn't he tell you to do something? Now, now, if you want me to tell you to do something, then you just come to me. I'll tell you to do something. I can tell everybody to do something. No, something. something. Alabama, something. You take that tea out. Something. I can tell everybody in here, I can, we got something for you to do. Just come to me, I'll tell you. So if you if, if, if you one of those people, just come to me. I'll tell you what you need to be doing. That's easy for me. Well, I don't feel led. I'm glad you asked because I brought one of my 9-millimeter bullets. <laughs> it came out of my gun this morning. If you don't feel led, I'm going to give you some lead so you can feel it. So if you don't feel led, I'm going to put this in your pocket. So you can feel led to do something. <laughs> I'm going to eliminate that excuse. <laughs> uh, y'all still love me? <laughs> I exercise all of my rights. Praise God. <laughs> so serving. Serving is vitally important if you're going to let your light shine. So listen, giving also is, is vitally important. You can give. It's not just money, guys. It's your time, your resources, your talents. Giving. Giving is vitally important if you're going to allow your light to shine among people. Uh, attendance, church attendance uh, is vitally important to let your light shine because it's vitally important for, for Bible class and church events, guys. This, this, is, this is critical. This is critical. You might think that it's light, but it's not lightweight because, you know, God says don't forsake the assembling. So if you forsake it, you might be doing something against God. Right? right? So, so these things are not just important just because the pastor wants you to be there. They're important because you build peripheral relationships with your church members. You know, you connect with people. You build relationships, man. And we don't take enough time to build relationships in the church. No, you, go to, you can go to church now, you know, and I'm not knocking big churches. But normally it's in bigger churches because in smaller churches, you know everybody. <laughs> so, um, but in larger churches, you can sit next to people for months and don't even know their name. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. You don't even ask them their name. 
So, don't even know the pastor. Praise God. There's too many folks. So, so listen, again, I'm not knocking mega churches. I love, I love churches, all churches. But I'm just saying, you got an opportunity in this church to get to know people. There's no excuse. I mean, we got 100 folks in here. There's no reason why we can't get to know all the people in this church. There's no reason, unless you just don't want people to know you. And if you just don't want people to know you, what are you hiding? What is it in your life that you don't want people to see? Then are you living a facade? All right, now that's the apostle just came out. I'm sorry. So is that, is that it? I mean, because you know what? You can't be powerful publicly unless you're grounded in privately in the first place. So if you want God to put you out on a public platform, you need to check your private life. Because if you're not secretly holy and privately devout, why would God put you on a platform in the public? So it starts in private. What you're doing in private, spending time with God, in private reading the word of God, in private allowing God to pull out those, those, those things that are inside of you that you know can corrupt the word of God if you go out and preach. Privately saved. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Let me give you some more. This, I'm talking about letting your light shine. These are some things that can hinder you guys. Okay, here's the last one. Loyalty. Are you loyal? Do you know that can, that can ruin your light? Let me tell you how. Let's just say, I'm giving you a for instance. I'm not talking about anybody in this church. So when I give this example, I don't know anything about you. <laughs> Unless the Lord told me. So let's just say you, are, you, you pass yourself off as a Christian company. You have it all over your cars. You got crosses all over the place and doves and all that other stuff on your Christian business cards. And you want people to trust you with cleaning the carpets. Okay, let's just use that as an example. And so you are a Christian company. You are biblically based. Praise God. And so you want people to use your biblically based Christian company. So they call you up. Hey, I'm a Christian, too. I would love for you to come and clean my carpets. Hallelujah. Let me look at my calendar. I see that I have some time for you at 10 o'clock on Thursday. 10 o'clock comes. The people are waiting. 10, 15, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. They call you back. Oh, I'm on my way. Well, what time were you supposed to be there? If you're not loyal to your word, then you're going to blow your witness. So why would they call you back? I wouldn't. Because I don't care if you are a Christian. Business is business. <laughs> I throw all that Christianity out when it comes time to put to business. Oh, no, no. When you start talking about money, you're talking about my money? I had to go sideways. You're talking about my money? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'll pray for you later, but you better get this right. Amen. Uh, am I by myself here? Right. So, so if you're not dependable, and if you're not loyal, but you, you claim to be a Christian, wait a minute. Let me, oh, let me turn this for a second. So was Jesus dependable? Was he loyal? Did he say he was going to do something, and then all of a sudden he said, you know what, Father, I just don't want to do that right now. Was that Jesus? No. Jesus said, nobody can take my life. In fact, I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I'll pick it up again. Jesus said, I'm loyal to my word because I don't want to disappoint my father. 
And so, Christians, you should be loyal to your word beyond your business, but you should be loyal because of God. You should be dependable. You should be able to make a promise and you hold to that promise. If you tell your child you're going to be at that school at 10 o'clock, you need to have your butt there at 945. Because that child is depending on you to be there. And if you keep coming late, that child is going to say, oh, daddy's going to always be late. But then when you have something, a, a real issue that you need to discuss with him, he's going to say, oh, yeah, right, whatever. You're not even loyal to your word, so why should I be? Are you, is this making sense at all? This can ruin your light. And maybe your lights are dim because of some of these issues. But we're going to get a chance to repent of these things at the end. Let me give you Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, and we're going to talk about the last thing. We're going to pray and go home. Write this down, Ecclesiastes. 9 and 10. Who wrote that book, by the way? Solomon, wisest man that ever lived. He said, whatever your hands finds to do, do it with all your might. For there, Listen to this part. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. Uh, once you're in the grave, then there ain't nothing you can do on this earth. <laughs> so, so whatever you're going to do, you need to do it now. Somebody say, I need to do it now. <laughs> but when you do it, this wise man said, do it with all of your might. So in other words, don't halfway do something. Don't just climb up halfway up the mountain and camp out. Is this making sense? Listen, oh, let me take it a step further. Don't start something unless you're going to complete it. How many books you got with bookmarks in it you never completed? No, no, you know, somebody said, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. I finished every book I read. And y'all got, I know I got some with some bookmarks. Matter of fact, I pulled one off the shelf this morning. I was like, why didn't I finish this book? Man, this book is good. I had a bookmark like in the first chapter. I was like, why didn't I finish this book? It's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? I'm crazy. I'm, I'm, I mean, I got issues. So now I'm going to read the whole book because it's so good. I'm like, man, well, you know why I didn't read the book? It wasn't time. It was too heavy for me then. Now I can read it because I'm in Thank you, Lord. You're so sweet. <laughs> Thank you, God. He was just talking to me. See, oh, me and God working things out. I'm sorry. This ain't between you. This is between me and him. Thank you, Father. I appreciate that. Mm, that's my man. So he's telling me now I'm ready to read that book. Praise God. So some of y'all might be ready to read those books, but you got bookmarks in. Okay. So being, being, being devoted. You got it? You got it. So the last thing is we must be determined. We must be determined. We must be devoted dedicated and determined. Listen, don't allow people to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. This, this is a big one, guys, and sometimes it's in your family. Now, listen, I'm not knocking your family, but you know the people that you really don't need to be around when God is trying to do something in your life because they're always negative about what, what God is calling you to do. And so you have to be really careful about that. I'm not saying don't be un unloving. Don't be unloving to your family. Un you need to be loving to your family. But listen, when, when it comes time to your, for your destiny, then, then sometimes you need to narrow your circle. Because not everybody, <laughs> okay, so up front is going to sound good and look good, up front. But when the time comes for both feet to hit the pavement, when the work needs to get done, some of those same people who were heating hard in your face, you ain't going to find those folks. 
Okay, the Bible says they came out from us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us. For if they were of us, no doubt they would have continued with us. Everybody who start with you is not going to finish with you. Right. So so when it comes to destiny issues, you have to narrow your circle. You have to get around some positive, faithful people who can pray you into it because what God is about to reveal to you is going to scare you because you don't think that you can do it. As a matter of fact, if you could do it, why would you need God? So he's always going to show you something that's outside of the parameters of what our mind is telling us what we can do. Otherwise, it, it, you wouldn't need faith for it. Because in your mind, if you grab that concept, in your mind, if you can do it, why would you need God? Is this making sense at all? So God is going to show you something so big that you know in your mind, oh, man, I, oh, boy, I can't do that. God says, I know you can't. Because I can. Right? Okay, okay, okay. Let's be honest. How many in here sitting in here right now will be honest enough to say, God showed you something, and when you saw it, you was like, mm-mm, Lord, I can't do that by show of hands. Oh, yeah, that's about everybody. <laughs> right, right, right. Let me tell you something. I was fine sitting in a pew in church. I was good. I didn't want to be the pastor. I didn't want to preach. I can go buy whatever car I wanted to buy. I can live where I want to live, and nobody say a thing about it. And then God said, no, I want you to be a pastor. Oh, no. <laughs> H-E-L, no. <laughs> Not me. Me? A ghetto, fabulous dude from Alabama that don't know anybody because we moved to Charlotte, don't have any family here, and we're going to start a church in the middle of a recession with no people, no money. Yeah, right, God. You are really cool, right? Yeah, that ain't going to happen. It happened. Why? Because he's going to show you something that I knew in my mind, there's no way I can do it. Matter of fact, in my mind, there's no way I can continue to do it. If I don't do it in him, it's just not going to be done. It says, not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so what you have to do is surrender to what God has in your life so God can move and be a light and you can be an influence to the world. Amen. But if you're sitting back procrastinating, say, God, I can't, I want to, but I can't, he won't. And you will sit back and complain about other people who are in their destiny. And see, that's where jealousy and stuff comes from because you're mad because God is using somebody else, but you're too busy looking at what everybody is doing instead of getting in the game. You would not win a trophy sitting on the sidelines clapping for somebody else. Unless you get in the game and start running, then you get your crown. I don't mean to scream, but I get a little excited. I'm sorry. See, I got me a new mic now. My hands are free. And <laughs> when my hands are free, I get a little animated. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I'm liking this mic already. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is this making sense at all? Okay. Okay. So, so, so we, we must be determined not to allow people uh, to, to set us back. Here's the last one. We must be determined not to allow our circumstances to dim our lights. See, where you are is not where you're going to be. Listen to me close, saints of God, because Maybe right now where you are is just so confusing. I don't know what God is doing if you're just in that space right there. But listen to me closely. Where you are right now is just a moment in time. Never make a permanent decision about a temporary situation. Never. Never make a permanent decision about a temporary situation. Where you are right now is temporary. Temporary. 
where you are right now, let me say that one more time. Where you, come on, where I am right now, come on, say it with me. Where I am right now is temporary. Come on, say it like you mean it. Where I am right now is temporary. You're a child of the most high. You got to start walking like you are. Even if you broke, you walk with your head up. Because you're rich in him. Because you got something. Man, I've been teaching you in the book of Ephesians that you have a heavenly bank account that you haven't even tapped into yet. And you walk around with your head. Down. Hold your head up high. Amen. You have nothing to hold your head down for. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You got to take authority over every area in your life. You have to take authority over broke. Yeah, pride is the biggest thing, and pride and arrogance don't want to tell nobody you need some food. No, I just I don't want people to know. You better tell somebody. That's why we got a food pantry in there right now, because her daddy commanded me to do that. And I said, well, daddy, we ain't going to have that much food. He said, I ain't asked you how, many, how much food you're going to have. I said, God told me to tell you to do it. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and guess what? We've been blessing families. So many families we bless with that little pantry right there, that little bitty pantry. And people come, they know it's here, God. Don't allow your situation to dictate your future. If you need help, go to somebody, please. Don't swallow the pride, because that's the worst thing you can do. You need to be delivered from it. Don't swallow it. If you swallow it, it's still in you. Ah, That was graphic, wasn't it? (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) didn't mean to be that graphic. Right? You're supposed to get rid of that pride and that arrogance. And you surrender to him. And be led. God will show you the people you need to go to. Because uh, let, let me just give you this caveat. <laughs> you can't go to everybody in the church. You need to be led by, the, by God who you need to go to. Because everybody ain't mature enough to hear what you got going on. Amen. And you need to make sure that you're led by God. Because some people can't keep your secrets. Amen. Amen. Am I, is that clear enough for you? Yeah. Right? Everybody can't keep your secrets. And that's what, that's what kills churches. Because somebody, I, I, I talked to Nelson, and I said, bro, you know what, man? I just need, I don't, I don't need nobody else. I don't need your wife. You know, I, don't need, I, I, just, I just need to tell you something. And I tell him, and in passing, he tells somebody at work that knows me. And they come to me, bro, I didn't know you were struggling with. Man, I, huh? I ain't struggling with that. <laughs> then I got I a lot in. <laughs> I think I hear my mama calling. <laughs> right that's gonna hurt me because i'm gonna come back to nelson and say bro did you talk to anybody oh no man i ain't talk well you know i, I kind of sh- i didn't share everything i just kind of shared and now i'm gonna have a falling out with nelson because he shared my secrets right maybe you've been hurt like that maybe maybe you shared something with somebody that you thought you can trust and the next thing you know somebody knew your stuff and it's not that people can't know it. It's just that you're trying to get through it right now. And, and you need some people that love you and that's going to pray for you and hold you up. Not somebody that's going to go back and talk about you. Right? Is this making sense? Yeah. Amen. Praise God, Olivia. That's right. Amen. Is, this, is this making sense? So listen, you, there is always somebody that you can confide in, but make sure you're led by the Holy Spirit. And God will make sure that you go to the right people. Amen? Amen. Come on and give him a praise.
So to keep your light shining brightly, you must be devoted, dedicated, and determined. I like using these. Devoted, dedicated, and determined. Here's the last statement I want you to, to write down in your notes. You can put this out on Facebook. Your revelation will always overcome your situation. Your revelation will always overcome your situation. God can give you revelation from his word to help you overcome every situation. It's all right here in his word. Unfortunately, this is the one thing we kick back when we're going through stuff. Okay, let me, let me just, let me rephrase that. This is the one thing that my flesh wants to kick back to the side when I'm going through. So, because my flesh is saying, why are you reading the Bible? Okay, and when I was struggling with all that radiation and stuff, and I wanted to read the word, my flesh would say, why are you reading the word? You got cancer. You preaching the word of God? You preaching on healing? What's wrong with you? Maybe this stuff don't work. I mean, I'm just telling you my inner struggles, right? And my flesh wanted me to push this away, but I had to draw near to it, right? I had to, I had to confront my own mind and take control of the battlefield of my own mind, because this is where we struggle most, is in this mind. This is where I will and I want to is. Our mind will dictate our hearts. That's why your mind must be renewed day by day with the word of God. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.